You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, this past weekend, we experimented for the first time with doing the Fireplace Church as a large group setting in our web conferencing platform and we actually had a really good time. The cool thing about doing it this way is that, well, all of you that participate are sitting right there with me as we're going through the teaching. And so I was really excited about that. This week we're going to be having the Fireplace Church as usual at www.thefireplacechurch.org at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. But after this weekend, we're going to continue with the large group setting for a little while and um, then go from there. So if you're wondering, hey, Daniel, how can I be part of the large group where I can sit down with you and we can have church, but... as like a dialogue and discussion allowing for even questions during the teaching. Well, it's this simple. Just go to our website, bridemovement.com, under classes and events. There is a uh, button that's the Fireplace Church Live, and that's where you can register and, and shoot us your email and say, I want to direct the link to what you guys are doing on Sunday nights, same time, just through the WebEx platform. Now, if um, you are saying... You know, well, I liked being able to find your Facebook links to your church services. I'll tell you, you know, we're actually going to continue posting links to the WebEx uh, Fireplace Church services on my website or my Facebook page. So 
I'll still be posting the link there, and uh, you'll simply have to navigate how to log into WebEx. And the cool thing about WebEx, it is a free uh, platform for you. It's not for us, but for you it is, and you just have to um, go through them, and you can create a free account at any time. And so. I am really looking forward to the large groups we're going to be offering. Now, what are some of the other things you guys offer at Bride Ministries? What are you doing right now, Dan Duvall? Well, folks, let me tell you. We are um, offering survivor support groups. Those are only for survivors that are either working with me or one of our coaches, somebody in our community. Um, and But yet we are doing these, and they are available for the survivors that are working with us. We're really excited about that great fruit that we've been seeing from the support groups we've been offering. Also, we are doing this podcast that you're listening to. We are doing the Fireplace Church, which is another ministry outreach. And we do conferences like the upcoming Sheep Nations and the End of the Age Conference Part 2, which will be in August. And you can start signing up right now. And you can actually get the early registration rate at www.bridemovement.com under Classes and Events. I want to encourage you. The first Sheep Nations and the End of the Age Conference was awesome. Don't miss out on Part 2. And so, what else are you guys doing at Bride Ministries? We're supporting survivors. Just... Uh, couple weeks ago we took another survivor off of our waiting list and they're now working with dr preston bailey um and we're you know looking forward to taking more survivors off of that waiting list and and uh giving them an opportunity to work with our coaches at no cost to them why because you that are listening to this program are supporting us and so what i want to say is look bride ministries we're doing quite a bit and we're going to continue to reach and, and do more in the future and it's because of the generosity of those of you that are listening and supporting what we're doing that we're able to continue the work that we are doing and so i want to encourage you guys there are donate buttons at bridemovement.com thefireplacechurch.org uh, we also have a P.O. box you can write to. That's at our website. I want to encourage you guys. The Bible says that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he that sows abundantly will reap abundantly. And when you sow, uh, you position yourself to reap. And, and, and I'll tell you what you also do. You bless the work of the kingdom. Now, with that said, this week we're going to have a lot of fun with a new guest you haven't heard from before. And so I don't really have too much else to say right now. Uh, so we'll see you on the other side. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall, and I have a real treat for you. I have a new individual that you have never heard from before joining me today to talk about what the Lord has done. And, and I'm going to tell you folks, you know, sometimes I joke with 
the people that I work with because I say, you know, the testimonies of what the Lord is doing are so fantastic. You can't even talk about what the Lord has done. And, and I'll even make jokes like, are you going to share this one in your church this weekend? And, you know, we'll laugh about it because it's like, who's going to talk about this stuff? But, you know, the cool thing is that on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall, we're going to talk about what the Lord has done. And we're not ashamed of the size and scope and magnificence of the manifestation of his power. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, my guest this week has seen many uh, mighty manifestations of God's power and, you know, uh, has agreed to come on my program and, and talk about it, you know. And, 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 of course, many of these things that we're going to be talking about have occurred in the course of the work that we have been doing together. Now, we are going to be calling my guest Casey. And what you need to know is that the Lord is doing an incredible work in her life. And she is bold and brave enough to join me on my program to talk about it. Casey, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Daniel, and, and thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I'm appreciating you for coming on and, and being willing to talk about some of the stuff that we've been dealing with, Casey. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's fascinating, it's weird, and it's powerful. And, um, it, you know, when it gets to the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about in in this in in the series we'll be doing over time and we'll be calling it <laughs> story time with Casey you know uh it, it's kind of hard to turn around from a traditional view of Christianity and say and and by the way now this is what God is doing in my life but um you're you're willing to do it and I'm I'm, I'm so excited for that and for you and I want to begin this program by just letting you introduce yourself to the audience and, and explain to them how you ended up coming to me for help. Like, what was it that led you to say, hmm, maybe I should recruit Dan Duvall to help with some of the stuff God is leading me to overcome? Well, Daniel, I am, <clears throat> I was raised as a Lutheran and, um, you know, a, a Lutheran is uh, just what it is. It's a, you know, it's it's a Lutheran. We are um, heavy into missionary work and things of that sort. And um, I remember when I started to have uh, supernatural encounters that could not be explained, and I would go to my Lutheran pastor, and he would tell me that I had the sixth sense and that I should cultivate it the sixth sense, etc. So that's really how I started out with my journey. And um, in my journey of trying to find the Lord, uh, I actually uh, got mixed up in what you call a Christ matrix um, religion, thinking that I found the Lord through the Christ matrix, which is nothing but a counterfeit there. And uh, I continued on until I finally found found the Lord, true Lord, uh, in 2009, January of 2009. And uh, 
still had the strange demonic encounters that I could not talk to or talk to anyone, especially in our church, because they just didn't understand. And uh, then my husband started having the strange encounters. So we're both on this journey trying to find uh, someone that we could actually talk to. And then we ran across you with your uh, your broadcast, and uh, we were very happy that we finally <laughs> heard someone who talked just as strange as, as we did, you know. And um, I, I know when we originally started listening to your broadcast, my husband and I came up with two rules between the two of us. We said, first, we need to be wide awake. We cannot listen to your broadcast half asleep or anything like that we had to be wide awake and then number two we had to listen to your broadcast in the daytime we could not listen to it at night before we go to bed so but that's how we started out and then um, I decided to uh, listen to your uh, fireplace church um, um, broadcast and then participate in the sessions afterwards which has just been outstanding and we have it we've had an opportunity to meet several uh, different people literally from all over the world and we have formed friendships from there and then I decided to um, take one of your classes and that's how I met you personally from the class and then uh, I actually pray that the Lord would bring you to a church in my area. And sure enough, he answered that prayer because you literally came to a church in my area. And uh, and then I got to meet you personally. And from there, that's how it all started. Um, my husband was just thrilled. He was uh, away on an assignment at the time that that you were here, but uh, we both were very very thrilled that uh, the Lord would actually answer our prayers so quickly to uh, actually put you in our lives, and um, and now the deliverance is uh, is is um, has been an eye opener to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, praise God. Uh, you know, it, this is the thing, right? As as you're talking, and you know, I, I mean, I, I'm 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 just gonna say it because, uh, yeah, we have a great relationship with Global Fire and uh, Jeff Jansen, and um, you know, they have just been just gracious folks. I've had the privilege of being there twice, and we did meet there, and um, you know, so I had the privilege of meeting you and your husband in person, and then that was a wonderful opportunity, and. You know, I, I think that the thing that shocks people the most is, you know, yeah, I talk about convert, concepts that are outside of the box for normal Christian conversation, but we're talking about stuff that real people are dealing with all over the world. And real people who are real Christians... <laughs> <laughs> and and so the problem that I think a lot of Christians have is trying to reconcile what they know to be true about Jesus and what they know to be true about the battles and hurdles they're facing. 
and how to marry those two conversations in the context of what is actually being presented at the church, which is, uh, you know, in a lot of churches, impossible to do. But, uh, well, what we have learned is that it's entirely possible to do with the Word of God. So it just depends on what kind of position you take with the Holy Spirit and where you allow God to take you. And so when you reached out to me and, and, and we started working, I mean, we immediately got into some interesting things. And folks, you know, I, I'll tell you, when I begin to work with an individual, um, well, at least at this point, I, I, I mean, I usually start off with like a one-time session or something. And and I know in like my life, I mean, the, the demand has been growing more recently. People are reaching out from all over the world because we're getting real results. And, and, and I'll start off, you know, by investigating what's going on with an individual. I'll try to see if there are dissociated parts of that person waiting to present. That is, I will open up with questions like, is there anyone on the inside that would like to talk to me? What does that mean? Well, you know, just some brief breakdown on some things. When, when you're talking about working with a survivor or any kind of person that is battling with issues stemming from dissociation, there is a shattering of the heart that's taken place for one reason or another. The heart is related to the subconscious, which is where people's belief systems are held, where their center is, where there is an interface between soul and spirit, and also where any of their um, alters or dissociated parts will be abiding. And so when I say the word, is there anyone on the inside? I'm literally asking, is there anyone that is within the person's subconscious, any fragment of their humanity or whatever that may want to come forward and present from behind an amnesic wall? And, uh, you know, that language is, is, is often very effective, not always. You know, we have lots of tools and ways to connect people. Uh, to the healing power of Jesus Christ, but you know, we started in a, in a, in know, on this track, Karen, and <laughs> well, we began to run into some interesting things right off the bat. Now, I, I'm going to let you talk about um, some of what you encountered because early on we ran into some things that then, well, opened up a whole lot for us. So, what happened? Well, Daniel, it, it all started with, um, well, I, I just have to tell this story about these these children, these spirit children that I saw in Walmart. Remember that, Daniel? Uh, I, um, I actually saw, uh, for the first time, I actually saw these uh, half-human twins in Walmart of all places and so I uh, I wanted to, to talk to Daniel about that it was funny but then at the same time it wasn't funny I think Daniel got so frustrated he had to cut his his show that night I mean he quickly made an exit off of that show but um, you know it's what it did for me is that it? Uh, I had a whole lot of doubt as to um, uh, as to all of this supernatural stuff that was going on. Uh, but after I saw a an occurrence that happened like that in Walmart, everybody in Walmart, I said, "Okay, well, 
we're going to, my husband and I made a, our, our choice to, we're going to go through with uh, Daniel with uh, some coaching sessions to see where we would land. So when Daniel uh, opened, he always opens up in prayer, of course. And then after that, he will invite any parts to come forth and, uh, you know, invite them to say whatever they wanted to say to him. Us and uh, when he did that, I was inwardly hoping that no parts would come forth, so that we, so that we could uh, conclude that uh, everything was okay, and you know, there's no parts. But uh, to my surprise, the first uh, part that came forth was Charles. His name was Charles, and he introduced himself as Charles. And uh, when he, he was so happy, I remember, um, when he was able to talk with Daniel, he saluted Daniel, and he was bowing to Daniel, and he was saying, I'm at your command, what do we need to do next? And uh, I myself was just in shock, because I'm listening to the conversation between Daniel and Charles go on, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, so I do have a part. His name is Charles. So uh, he was actually waiting for Daniel, standing at attention the whole time, just waiting for Daniel to give him some orders. So I did not know that he really wasn't a part. Later on, Daniel revealed to me that he was really my guardian angel. So that was a big surprise for me. And uh, Daniel gave uh, um, the reason why he thought that Charles was my guardian angel. And he said, because most parts that have been split uh, from the, your core soul, uh, they're hesitant to take orders from another person. Whereas angels, Daniel, he commands angels. Angels are ready and they stand at attention with the authority that the Lord's given to Daniel to actually take orders to, to carry out the Lord's will in the earth. And um, Charles was that person. So uh, when Daniel uh, um, let me know that Charles was my guardian angel, then things began to click much better at that point from that time. Yeah, folks, I'm, I'm just going to Say a couple things here. Um, one, okay. The uh, Bible says, "Bless the Lord, you His angels who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word." That's Psalm one o three, twenty. And one of the first things that I, I like to help people to understand when it comes to working with heaven's resources as a citizen in heaven. Philippians 3.20, it, it is that the angels of God do his word and they heed the voice of his word. And so if we're going to work effectively with the agents of God that are on assignment with us to advance a singular kingdom, that is the kingdom of God, um, we are going to be able to give them assignments by speaking the word of God. He literally, 
God's word projected with our voice is what allows the angels to do the bidding of God and to execute the uh, jobs and functions that are going to advance God's kingdom and agenda. So I've had this revelation for a long time, and of course we as believers go through something called spiritual growth, where we do graduate in degrees of authority. And uh, over time, well, we're all part of one community. It's called the country of heaven, the kingdom of God, uh, the the city of God. So, so there, there, that in the spirit, we can actually be known and... Um, that's what happened. It's, 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 and it's not even unique to me. There are other believers that the angels, well, they know about your resume because word gets around. We're all part of one community, you know, and this is, this is kingdom thinking. You know, kingdom thinking says we're living on both sides of the veil simultaneously. We've been raised up and seated together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I'm just trying to give you guys that are listening a little bit of context, right? It's, I did not come, pay her to come on my program and, and say what she just said. That That's actually what happened. Uh, and I'm trying to help you understand that <laughs> this kind of experience is not in, designed to be exclusive, right? And so anyway, guardian angels and, and, and angels that are on assignment with people can, for certain individuals, appear to them um, in a similar way that their altars will on the inside. They can take up a post or have a position assigned to them by God that causes them to be resident in their subconscious. And this was the case with, with Charles. Now, there's another passage in the Bible that's, that's very key, and it's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 1. It says, are not all his angels ministering spirits, right? So God gives his angels to believers as ministering spirits. They minister to us in various ways, through warfare, through comfort, through uh, helping with deliverance processes, through helping with all kinds of things and functions that are going to allow God to get his agenda accomplished in and through our lives. They're on assignment with us. So, you know, people that that get really hung up about what just said, well, stop it. You know, just stop it and get on board with kingdom, right? And and so with that said, um, well, Daniel, I have to say that you know my husband and I were like that. We were on the other side. We were real uncomfortable about the whole thing until uh, this became real to us. So we we stopped it immediately, like you said, stop it. Um, so uh, you. Um, you actually, when you met Charles, you gave Charles uh, some bread of life and some uh, water, living water to drink. And I was very, very surprised that he was very happy to receive both of them. And uh, it, it was like he was renewed after he, he uh, ate and drank both of those elements. It's like he came to life, literally. So Charles started to talk at that point, started to tell you some things that was going on uh, with me. And uh, he said that Zeus came to the earth to see to it that I wouldn't come to my true war status. And of course, I, I didn't know all what was going on or the 
whole intent. But the thing was, is that Daniel knew what was going on and he was very cool about the whole thing. He just wanted to collect more information. So then Charles uh, uh, told him uh, that he was actually Charles told me that he was from Orion and that he was black. Now, at that point, I just stopped listening to him because because now we're getting into some some stuff, as I call it, Anthony, my husband, and I call it stuff that uh, we didn't understand. So and at that point, when Charles told me that he was from Orion, I was I called Orion Orion because I didn't know what it was at that time until I talked to Daniel. Daniel corrected me. Okay, well, he's talking about Orion, the constellation Orion, and that comes from uh, the book of Job there. So uh, I I knew that, uh, you know, there are angels from all that represent all different kind of nationalities. So when he said it was black, I, I was still skeptical, hesitant about that. So I, uh, I um, started to uh, talk with Daniel more about Zeus and how he came into the earth to make sure that I was not battle ready. I know that um, one of my callings is in war prayer. And so I wasn't surprised at that. But then I needed uh, to be a little more confident about, okay, Zeus is this is a major fallen angel that's coming into the earth to to try to stop my destiny here. So, you know, what are we going to do? And at that point, I was real happy that I knew Daniel. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so um, uh, Daniel told me that um, he further went on uh, uh, with his conversation with Daniel. Well, I'm sorry, Charles went on with his, fur- with his conversation with Daniel <clears throat> And uh, he said that I had some type of relationship, some kind of relationship with Orion. And uh, I wanted to know just what he meant until I would actually say Orion, say the word Orion. And the, the, uh, the Orion would actually, the constellation Orion would actually respond to my call he recognized, it was voice recognition, he recognized my voice because literally, as Charles said, I, my, a part of me was actually on that constellation, integrated into the very material of Orion. And so Daniel explained that to me, that that was what was going on. So um, Charles, at that point, was ready for war. He wanted uh, to actually to go to war at that time. So um, once Daniel found out through Charles that that Zeus partnered with Hermes and the Queen of Heaven in order to win this battle against me, then at that point Daniel was ready to go to war against those three principalities. And he did. So Daniel um, has a whole large arsenal of uh, warfare weapons that he uses, like the um, engines, the uh, Lord's engines, or he will call down the wrath of God, which is fire. 
to destroy realms and collapse realms, or he'll call in the um, tsunami floods a river of life to actually cleanse a realm. And so at that point, Daniel started to do warfare against Zeus, Hermes, and the Queen of Coasts. And he was using his whole arsenal of weapons to do this. And he eventually defeated them and their plans to destroy me. And uh, as he was doing this, I could actually feel this internal struggle going on. It was like a literally a real fight going on on the inside of me, on my internal. Now that I know that it's, I have an internal world, that's what was going on. And, of course, Charles was right there um, engaging in the battle uh, himself. Now, I have to say something about Charles that Daniel thought was very funny. And that Charles lives, he lives in two different types, in two different kinds of, of age groups. He's 75 at one moment, and then another moment, he's 45. He's 75. When he's 75, he is literally prepared for warfare. And when he's 45, then he knows that uh I'm going to go through some type of healing. So Daniel asked the question, and I did too. I asked Charles, I said, well, why is it that you're older at 75 when we're ready to go to war? And But for healing, you're 45. And, of course, Charles did not answer that. But um, Daniel, I believe, gave a wise answer that when uh, Charles is 75, he's actually fighting from the wisdom uh, of God at 75 when he does that. And uh, that um, really rung true to my spirit that that is absolutely true. That is a lot to say, Casey. And um, I, I'm going to tell you what, folks, you know, for the good part of this whole conversation that we're having, she did not know Charles was an angel on assignment with her in the beginning she just saw this black guy showing up and saying i'm black and i'm from orion and you can just imagine how weird that is to be like all right i sat down with dan duvall now this is a black guy on the inside of me telling me he's from orion i must be losing it and he's talking about zeus and now i have all this warfare oh my gosh and so it feels like the whole world is falling apart and, you know, it, it, this, is, this is actually really funny for me to watch people go through this because there's this cognitive dissonance that everyone must overcome where they say, I am actually a solid person. I have a job. I have a life. I can drive a car. I have a driver's license. And I'm talking with this guy and all of a sudden my whole world got flipped upside down in one or two hours and now everything's weird. But, but it's not weird. It's actually normal because we are part of a cosmic war centered on what Jesus Christ is establishing through his people. Like we just don't realize the size and scope. You know, a lot of people want to reduce spiritual warfare to, um, you know, overcoming, uh, you know, a, a pattern of getting angry at people while they're driving down the street. And, you know, the, the day that I cannot yell at someone when I'm, you know, done driving to work, I have achieved a new level of my Christianity. Or the day that I'm nice to my boss, you know, then I'm... <laughs> a better Christian. Like, 
I, I, I just have to show up at church 52 out of 52 Sundays a year and then I will be a real. And it's like, you know, we, we think that spiritual warfare is limited to these very small things. And, and not, not to minimize, you know, establishing patterns of kindness in our lives and and being more reasonable in the way we drive and do, doing these kinds of things. But, but th- there is a much larger picture. And many of us do not know or understand the consequence of our lives. And in and, and the very beginning was just begin to come to grips with the fact that her life is actually of humongous consequence, so much so that Zeus himself and some other uh, bad guys were trying to stop her calling in, 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 with a great deal of vested personal interest. I mean, this is what a lot of people that listen to this program are dealing with. They don't even understand. They just know things go wrong and it's very hard for them. They don't understand the consequence of their life or what they're up against. And one of the things is that we are figuring it out. So there we are. We're figuring it out. It's opening up. The truth is opening up. The truth will set you free. It's weird, though. And, and folks, I want to encourage you because some of you guys, you, you begin to go deep with God and you begin to tap in kingdom and you begin to say, you know, God, show me what's going on in my life. And God says, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and then you run. You are running and you're like, it's too weird. I can't handle it. And I want to encourage you. Think about Casey and what she went through. Like this guy is showing up and saying all this weird stuff. And But you know what? She didn't go into fear. We went into prayer and um, it led to, you know, huge war, which led to huge breakthrough because we're applying the victory of Jesus Christ. It's exciting stuff. Go ahead, Casey. Yes, Daniel. Um, I'd like to uh, highlight that um, I, uh, when I listen to your shows of your you interviewing um, your clients, um it's one thing to listen to someone else talk about their internal worlds and everything. And you and I thought that, okay, well, uh, that I don't have an internal world that, you know, that wouldn't apply to me. But when Daniel started to war against Zeus uh, on the constellation of Orion, and I started to see the battle that that was taking place, as a matter of fact, uh, the warn angels from uh, our Lord came to Daniel's call, and they were actually fighting. I saw a real-life battle taking place on uh, Orion. I saw the military bases up there. I saw, uh, for the first time, I saw uh, human spirits up there that were... uh, in a cave just like I was I didn't know that there were other human spirits up there uh, other than myself until this battle that actually took place at Orion so um, I saw when um, Daniel won the war with the with our our angels I'm saying the angels from God um, we were set free from those caves the um, Daniel prayed that the human spirits would be taken to where the Lord Jesus Christ would have them to go to be uh, to be operated on. He actually said, "Take them to the operating room." 
uh, for them to be operated on, to have parts removed from them, to be healed, to be made whole. And then if their owners are still living, to be reintegrated back into their core souls here on the earth. And I, I'm, I'm looking at all of this on the inside. And uh, and um, at that point, I just had to process. Daniel finished his work of destroying that, that part of Orion. He just destroyed it, but he also cleansed that area. He uh, wanted to put his mark on there. And this is the first time of uh, Daniel introducing me to putting his mark in a place. What he did is that he put his name on top of those caves that we were, those cells that we were all held captive in. And he said, um, he prayed, he created this plaque. And then he put his name on this plaque. And I saw this, his name was actually being engraved on a plaque. And it said, to the courtesy of Daniel Duvall. And then he put the plaque on tops, on the top of each of those uh, holding areas that we were in. So the angels of God thought it was real funny. They came and they were actually looking at this. You know, the uh, holding places were empty and uh, all they had was just a plaque that said, to the courtesy of Daniel Duvall. And so it was pretty neat to be able to actually witness this myself. Uh, and and begin to slowly but surely realize that this is the real world here. It's it's um, the world that we're actually living in in the earth is not as real as living in the spirit world. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> folks, let me let me just say this: we have fun, okay? Um, War does not have to be so, like, miserable. You know, there's a lot of people that get into Christian spiritual warfare. They end up very serious. And um, I, I have found that warfare can actually be fun uh, when you begin to step into things like creative power, uh, which is available in Christ. Uh, you, you get to do things that are, are kind of funny um, which we do sometimes, this kind of stuff. I, I, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like hearing you say, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that did happen. Uh, I, I did want to say this. You're talking about seeing stuff going on on Orion. Now, okay, you did not have a telescope out positioned at your window to look through the universe to Orion. Now, how were you able to see the warfare that was going on? Can you just talk about like the experiential component of what that language means? Well, uh, it me seeing the spiritual warfare was as natural as me seeing from the, my natural eyes here on the earth. Um, you realize it's one thing to read the Bible and to and to talk about your spiritual eyes, the mouth and your hands and you know all of the different functions of your body, the spirit. Um, I think in the church we have erred into uh, teaching that all of all of this spirit stuff is just a big metaphor, uh, meaning that it's really 
almost not real. And that what's really real is what's here in the earth, which is absolutely is the opposite uh, um, way of life. What's really real is what you see, hear, know, touch, and experience in the spirit realm more so than in the earth realm. So um, basically a lot of us out there that have been taught erroneously, you're actually experiencing spiritual living every day. And at this point, you don't know it because I didn't know it until we entered into warfare and Daniel started to pray. When Daniel started to pray, I started to see it's like it's like I'm at a movie. It, it's, it's panoramic vision of everything that's going on in the spirit. You can see the angels coming from Jesus to fight the satanic angels. I could see all of it. I could see the military bases. It's like literally I was at a movie theater looking at it all. Another thing, too, I like to add. Now, um, Orion, I saw Orion as being a very dark constellation with the military bases there, people there, this, the fallen angels, etc. And then I saw that it was cold, that that constellation was cold, and I saw these ice bands, I call them ice bands, around Orion. Now, I didn't know that Orion really had bands until uh, Daniel brought up in Job 38, 31. Uh, it says, can you bind the chains of the cluster of stars called Pleiades or loose the cords of the constellation Orion? And I said, well, okay. So now this is boosting my confidence level here because I saw Orion first with these ice bands around it. And then afterwards, uh, Daniel brought up Job 38:31 to let me know, okay, well, what I was seeing was correct. <laughs> it, it gets so fascinating, guys. And what many people don't realize, and, and this is something that it's just very, very clear to us at this point, there are regions of captivity that uh, exist within the realms of the second heaven, which include different constellations um, that we would identify as components of our universe. Uh, when she mentioned the caves and different places where people and their you know, uh, humanity, components of their humanity were being kept, uh, these were regions of captivity. They, they, they're not supposed to be there. Uh, but they were being kept there as prisoners. And this, this is part of the reason why the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, you know, and the rulers of darkness in the heavenly places. Well, one of the applications of Ephesians 6.12 is to say that we're going to have to go and do battle with these evil things in heavenly places of regions of the second heaven in order to ascertain 
the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for us. It, in order to enforce, and this is what I call spiritual warfare in the second heaven, it is the enforcing of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It, just because Jesus finished the work doesn't mean it's been fully enforced at all. And this is why we run into this stuff. So we're enforcing what, what we have been given by inheritance and divine right. And um, so we, we, when we get into this kind of warfare, what we find is that we go into these heavenly places, places like Orion, and we find different kinds of prisons and styles and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I do this like five days a week, sometimes six. And what we're well, doing... Daniel, I, I like mm-hmm. to say that, um, you know, we... I know that a lot of us have been taught that we're not to go into the second heavenlies, et cetera, to do warfare. But the thing is, is that if you're captive, if you're held captive there, then yes, you will be doing warfare uh, in the second heavens. That is correct. You you will be doing that. Um, uh, when I uh, realized that a part of me, a part of my humanity was actually embedded in the very skin of Orion Charles was the uh, Charles my um, guardian angel was the same way then and then I saw Daniel do the warfare right there in the second heavenlies then I knew at that point okay well yes the Bible says we're going to do warfare in the heavenlies and and the Bible is not a it's not a metaphor there. This is a literal activity that we are to do um, in our lives. Great point. Um, and before we go further, because uh, KC has so much more to say, I, I will say this: you know, uh, going to bat on behalf of other believers on this level is not something that baby Christians or new believers and others should do. Um, This is something that is given to believers as a ministry. Uh, There is a mandate and an authority and an anointing that God will give uh, to those that are called to to go to bat for others on this level. Uh, I'm not going to ignore that or... (laughs) gloss over that as if it's not an important point because it is and if you don't have that given to you by God you may get into a lot of trouble trying to reproduce what I'm talking about but um, nonetheless it is available because you know like well this is what God has me doing for others and um, this is a real thing and that's the big takeaway many people are enslaved on this level now I will say this before Casey goes forward the the thing is, if you are in bondage on these levels and in regions of captivity, you have a right to be free, um, even if you're not on assignment to go to war with heavenly powers on behalf of others. And that's where prayers like our principality prayer, freedom from fallen angels and other heavenly hosts, it's on our website, bridemovement.com comes in because this is a self-deliverance type prayer that anyone can use because you're guaranteed freedom in Jesus Christ and you can lay hold of that um, with resources that we've created for the purpose of engaging with some of this more powerful and and deeper stuff. 
So remember also, there are resources available to you if you realize, wow, yeah, I'm dealing with some higher level stuff. I need some help. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what happened after we got done working on Orion? Okay. So now after that, you asked me, well, you know, how was I feeling on the inside? Was I feeling any other type of resistance? And I was hoping that I could say yes, but the answer was no. I felt, I still felt a resistance in my heart area. And then I, I'm looking at uh, rubber bands or tied around my heart. And uh, one rubber band was black and the other was a a red rubber band. And they were actually binding my heart. So at that point, Daniel asked if there were any other parts that wanted to come forth and introduce themselves to him. And I was hoping no other parts would come forth. But a young six-year-old girl came forth. And she introduced herself as Fear. Well, Daniel knew that 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 was not her real name. Daniel renamed her and called her Courage, which is the exact opposite of that satanic satanic personality that they injected into my part. So Daniel gave her a tank to be her shelter for her to get into, and the Courage... Uh, climbed right into that tank. She didn't say thank you. She didn't say anything. She immediately, I saw her climb into the tank and shut the top of that tank very tightly. So um, that was, I, I thought that was quite interesting. And then afterwards, Daniel uh, proceeded to remove the feeling and the emotion of fear from my heart area through prayer and the results of that was that the fear was removed from my heart and I've carried fear for a long time maybe 30 maybe 30 to 40 years now that I've actually carried fear in my heart and uh, I was very amazed at how easily Daniel removed uh, that emotion that and it was very tangible from my heart, uh, I felt a uh, a tangible, a very tangible freedom, and uh, a cleansing from a defilement that was actually in my heart. So uh, that coaching session ended, and uh, actually, it, we paused that coach, coaching session to pick up later on. So after the coaching session, I decided to get a little nerve here and. I thought I would talk to Charles to get more information about the coaching session that took place. And this is after um, uh, Daniel and I, we parted. We actually closed out for that day. So to my surprise, Daniel told me how he was placed on Orion and Orion and how he actually escaped. So um, he said that Zeus actually took him from from the inside of me and he bound him in the place in a place on Orion he said that he calls Charles to be integrated into the material of Orion Orion has skin and so and Charles was actually integrated into the skin of Orion 
And uh, Charles had the capability to become invisible to the point that he could be unnoticed by other spiritual beings. And since he had that um, ability to do that, he was able to break through the material matter of Orion by his prayers. And then he came back to me because he was assigned to me uh, before I was appointed to come into the earth. So Charles told me that he refused to be conformed to the dark parts or the dark elements of Orion. And uh, this dark matter was polluted uh, or came into uh, being by the fallen angels. And um, the purpose of this dark matter was to actually cause Charles to be overcome and for Charles to submit to their depraved wishes which it didn't work for Charles. He had enough willpower to resist it, and uh, and he did. The thing Charles said, though, is that some of that dark uh, matter still remained on his body, and uh, he wanted to, he wanted to be cleansed of that. So I asked Charles. I'm I'm trying to do what Daniel does now by myself. So <laughs> I asked Charles. <clears throat> If he would like to be bathed in the blood of Jesus and to swim in the river of water of life. And he said yes before I even could complete the question. So now Charles is, uh, he happily, he's happily being cleansed uh, with the blood of Jesus of all things. And he's swimming around in the water of life. I mean, he's, he's like, he's very happy. So... From that point on, I began to settle down now, and I'm beginning to become a little more comfortable uh, with Charles. And I find out that he's really he's really a happy natured guardian angel. He's really a very happy natured guardian angel. He's most of the time he's filled with the joy of the Lord, and he loves to receive the joy of the Lord when we tell him. When I tell him, okay, would you like to receive the joy of the Lord? And he, he, he starts shouting and praising God as he's actually receiving the, the joy of the Lord. And he's loud when he does it. Um, it was, I was very uh, happy when I actually saw Charles. Uh, he is a black angel and he has an afro. I actually saw that, saw his form. And um, I remember when he allowed me to see him, he was waving like, yes, this is me. This is me. <laughs> but uh, that that was a very, very uh, pleasant um, experience, to say the least. Um, I wanted to say that um, I asked, well, I think I mentioned earlier that uh, Charles has two age categories that he lives in on the inside of me and that's 75 years old when he's ready to go to war and uh daniel um rightly reasoned that charles is actually fighting from the wisdom of god our father when he's actually warring in the second heavenlies and then 45 years old when he knows that uh, i'm going to experience healing and restoration I'd like to just take a little time here to explain some of the outerwear that Charles has on when he's 75 years old. 
Charles has a gold collar that stands up. It's solid gold. And the collar comes around his neck and it, and it will meet together in the front. And then it will proceed down his tunic. He has a white tunic that comes down to his ankles. And um, he has white pants and he has white leather shoes. And then he has a gold um, a sash and he has a gold belt and he has a gold um, sword in his sheath that's always strapped to his right side. Whenever I see him in, in his uh, war gear, that's what I call it, war gear, then I know that we're going to do some uh, heavy warfare at the next session. Now, when he's 45 years old, Charles will have on this just a white uh, shirt. And then he has these Bermuda shorts that he wears, and they're white. And then he has on his shoes, they're white shoes. He's very relaxed, and he's uh, letting me know, okay, well, this is going to be a time of healing and restoration for you. So I... um. I thought that that was pretty cool of, of the guardian angel that the Lord's actually given me. So uh, I found out from Charles, my protector, <clears throat> that uh, he came with me as I was being assigned to the earth. Uh, I remember going through, I guess the people call it wormhole or it's a portal to come into the earth and you, you lodge, we actually lodge in our mother's womb at that point in time. So Charles uh, actually was there the whole time uh, I was making a transition from, from God our Father to my mother's womb in the earth. So I just wanted to bring that up. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I want to change the scene a little bit. Now I'm beginning to be more comfortable with my internal world because you actually change scenes. It's just like going to a movie and you have four or five different scenes going on, scenarios going on at the same time. And in the movie, you would, you know, you would uh, be involved in watching one scene and then it changes over to another scene. It's the same way in the spirit realm. So <clears throat> now I am looking at Courage, the little six-year-old girl that's in the tank. She's now coming in and climbing out. She's climbing in and climbing outside of the tank. And she's very happy because she's found a new secure place of climbing in and climbing outside of the tank. And then that's when I hear that her name is really, it's pure in heart. That's her real name is pure in heart. So I learned that uh, pure in heart came into being when I experienced my great pain by the loss of my father at a very young age. My uh, father was a um, B-52 pilot in the Air Force and um, he met an untimely death uh, through a, uh, when his plane crashed. And um, so uh, from that pain, 
pure in heart was actually born or birthed into existence to uh, take that pain for me or to bear that pain for me. Because back then when I was five years old, uh, that pain was a little bit too much for me to bear. So I, uh, I decided to give uh, pure in heart now some bread of life. And she was washed in the blood of Jesus as well. And she was very, very happy. And then I decided to give her a small pool that was filled with the water of life just for her to sit in. And uh, she was very happy. She she climbed in that pool and she was sat there. She was just very happy. So uh, that's the end of this episode for right now. Um, we can, um, Daniel, you want to pick up from here? <laughs> right. So, so the, what you mean is, is this, this is the end of like the segment of what she's going to explore with you because it's going to be around too. Um, Casey has a lot of <laughs> epic stories to Jay. One of the things I appreciate about her, she, she takes really good notes about um, what we do. Casey has been documenting uh, point by point what the work we've been doing together. And it, it's really cool because it's educational. It's educational um, for for her. It's educational for um, me, you know, because I, she, she always sends me the notes. I can review it. And, and now it's going to be educational for you because you get to sit back and say, oh, well, that's how that works. And, oh, that's what's going on in this area. And when she was talking about pure in heart and uh, whose name by the kingdom of darkness was fear until we changed her name to courage and then learned it was actually pure in heart. You know, when ministering to parts of people, there is an abundance that is associated with the kingdom of God. Actually, there is an unlimited amount of, of resources. And so when I am working with a person's parts, or even when a person is working with their parts with Jesus on the inside, and they're saying, you know, God, well, how do I do this and how do I do that? There is really no limit to what you can ask for or speak into existence in the spirit realm. Um, so we use all kinds of creative things. If I know that a part is overcoming insecurity or fear, a, a tank is a very safe and secure place to be. And, and the funny thing about a tank is that if I speak a tank into existence and give that tank to a part of a person, not only will that tank minister security and uh, confidence, it works so if demon comes in and they see the demon, they can actually launch the tank artilleries at a demon and blow them up. I mean, and I know this sounds like weird. It's like strange. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, we, we do this kind of stuff all the time. You know, um, I, <laughs> I remember there was one because the uh, the whole plaque thing and. Um, I, I've moved away from plaques because apparently that was offending a lot of people. But I, I, I used to put all kinds of signposts and stuff. I'd, I'd speak prisons and put demons in them and cast them into the abyss, put signs on them and different things. I, I, I did do this thing one time, though, where uh, there was all these uh, demons on a chain um, that we were kicking out of someone. And they were all, all linked together. And so <laughs> we're taking this whole 
chain of demons to the abyss. And, and then I gave the angels that were doing the job a bunch of branding irons. Branding irons. And so all they use get these branding irons, and the branding irons are actually inscribed with the words, kick me. And I said, and now your assignment, angels, is to brand the back of every demon on this chain with the branding iron that says kick me. Why? Because all the demons are lying, so everybody gets kicked with the kick me sign. Everyone's behind one, the other. It's, it's, so, you know, we, we come back to this verse where we're in Psalm 2. The Bible says the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs as he holds his enemies in derision. There's a place where the body of Christ gets, we actually get to connect into the humor of this whole thing, guys. And, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to be miserable and serious all the time. Truly, the power of God is so excessive that you could actually have fun with the spiritual warfare component of some of this stuff. And, and all I can say is we do it, it works, and it's real. Um, anyway, angels. I, I do have to comment on this as well because uh, Casey brought it up. Angels being cleansed, getting a wash with living water, all this kind of stuff, that is something I would have never considered as reasonable. Like, why would they need that? Why would they need that? Um, however, there's a passage in Revelation chapter 5. I'm not sure if you have read it, but uh, I read it a bunch of times, never saw this. And then one day, I just saw it, and it was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? So, in Revelation chapter 5, we have a situation where Jesus Christ, as a lamb who was slain, is taking the scroll. And this scroll is a scroll that has seven seals, which, as they are opened, become the seven seals of the book of Revelation. And in verse 8... It says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders. Let me read that again. The four living creatures and the twenty-four elders. Now, I can tell you those four living creatures are referenced in the book of Ezekiel, and they're called cherubim. The four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Who's they? Four living creatures and 24 elders. What did they say? You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. <laughs> See, so there's a, a, a component of uh, kingdom revelation that we have not even caught up to at all. We we don't get. And I'm not going to try to fully explain what this could mean in its totality. The language is so confounding. But what I can say is that an angel can benefit from being cleansed by the blood of Jesus if they've been in heavy duty warfare or being given a shower in living water, or even giving served bread of life. Like, the angelic host can enjoy these resources just like we can. And it's, it, it's powerful, you know. Um, it, it, it's amazing to me, the more I learn about the angelic realms, that it absolutely does not work the way I would have assumed 
it would work. Uh, I've learned that angels are not omniscient. In other words, they don't know everything, nor can they. <laughs> Casey can attest to this. There are times where you know I'll ask um, a question, and 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 Charles will say, "I don't know." Um, it, it, it's like, "Oh, really?" You know. Um, so God knows all things, but not necessarily the angelic hosts. And angelic hosts can get weapon upgrades. It's, it, I mean, the, the, the conversation could go on and on and on. And we'll get into more stories with Casey and, and, and she'll be able to share more on some of these subjects and all of that. So anyway, those are the conclusion of my comments. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we conclude this program, Casey? Yes, I really would like to encourage you that... If you are experiencing supernatural, unexplainable events in your life, which can be very, very scary, to please contact people that can help you, like Daniel Duvall. It's uh, Brive Movement Ministries, and I think it's www.brivemovement, is that right, Daniel.com? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yes, and he also has a list of partners that also can help you as well. They are um, very equipped. They've been doing this kind of spiritual warfare, deliverance, and most of all, restoration, restoring your soul. Psalms 23, the Lord restores our souls. Well, if if he has to restore our soul, then that that would suggest to me that there might be some fragmentation that's gone on or splitting parts there that he has to get back and restore it back to your core. Now is the time to um, consider and to really uh, just gain some courage and find some serious help, especially in this hour, because we're living in a time where it's only going to get darker and darker and darker. Uh, meanwhile, the kingdom of God will be getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And that includes people uh, like myself that decided to, okay, well, uh, I'm not going to um, sit on the sideline or I'm, the, I'm not going to try to fix myself in the flesh because you can't. It's impossible to fix yourself in the flesh. And it's impossible to go to all of these psychiatrists trying to uh, trying to fix a problem that is spiritual. It's not going to work. And, of course, alcohol and drugs will not help things. As a matter of fact, it will make things worse for you because they are, are um, tools that will actually open you up wide open to the demonic realm. So... I just would ask you to consider all of this and you know who you are and you know what you're going through, especially at night when you can't sleep, to please visit Dan Duvall's website and begin to get help. I like to say his prayers. He has a whole um, um, site. He has a whole segment on there on prayers. His prayers are very, very 
very powerful and Daniel uh, told me that he actually took each prayer to the throne room of God and the prayers are actually legal they're legal binding and they're very very powerful that you can pray yourself the anointing is is heavy on those prayers and they will help you um, to begin to start your journey your process to freedom and that's just about it Daniel (laughs) thank you for being so kind Um, folks that's it for this week Casey thank you for giving your time and your testimony uh and we're going to be having you back to share some more story time with casey folks until next time god bless and godspeed discovering the truth with dan deval is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of god to equip you with faith in jesus christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.